Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing effective marketing strategies for dentists, independent physicians, and multi-location medical practices. Far too many doctors struggle to establish their brand online and consistently increase their new patient appointments. Join Lamar Hull of MedRank Interactive as he interviews marketers, doctors, and healthcare professionals who share proven healthcare marketing secrets. Hey everyone, I'm Lamar with uh, MedRank Interactive. Um, Thank you for joining the Healthcare Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm super excited to have this guest on board. His name's Scott Pope. Uh, If you're in the Charlotte uh, area and and you're involved in healthcare, you probably heard his name somewhere. (laughs) He's got his hands and everything. And I I love what he's doing in the healthcare space. Um, So Scott, real quick, uh, can you just kind of give some background, uh, just introduce yourself, just so the audience know who you are? Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Lamar. It's, It's good to Get to spend time with you here. Yeah, so uh, my name is Scott Pope. I'm a, a PharmD. I've spent my entire 25 plus ish years uh, career in healthcare. Uh, I was a care provider in hospitals, took care of patients there as an infectious disease, disease specialist for a number of years. Uh, focused more on the business side of healthcare uh, for a, a, another decade, and now kind of in the third decade of my career, focused on making sure that the companies that I think can create the the disruption that needs to occur in our American healthcare system, that they're empowered to be able to do so. And as, as you've mentioned, Lamar, I, I do that from the, the venture of, or standpoint of wearing a lot of different hats. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're a, you're a pharmacist at one point. So That's what, right. like, what did you see when you were, you were in that kind of part of your career to be able to think about transitioning to where you are now and really helping uh, pharmacies and, and independent physicians, just like, you know, where you were at one point. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of, it, it certainly isn't, a, wasn't a linear course, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It actually, the, if you're trying to make sense of how I got into what I'm doing, you have to start much further up. And, uh, Dr. Terry Maris was the Dean of the business school at Ohio Northern university. Uh, and I was an 18 year old kid, uh, actually 17 at the time I met him, uh, looking to go to, to college. And wow. I, he was the dean of the business college. I was going to go to school for business. He goes, Scott, your grades are pretty good. You should you should try pharmacy. I'm like, what? I'm like, he said, yeah, you start here. And I guarantee um, if, if you start pharmacy and don't like it, come back here and I'll graduate you on time. Uh, <laughs> he goes, but if you start in business and want to move over to pharmacy, you'll never get caught up. So give it a shot. And so I did um, end up getting a minor in business. Uh, kept in touch with Terry, uh, Dr. Maris ever since. And wow. uh, he set me on a really exciting course. So it, what really transpired there, Lamar, is I was really a, a business mind that got put into healthcare, uh, had a healthcare career, and have now taken that and, and moved on to the back to the business side to make sure that those, those healthcare providers are able to really deliver what they can for, for the betterment of patient care. Uh, I, I, as, as a 17-year-old kid, I couldn't have told you that was a course I would have scripted, but right. I've been very fortunate to get to navigate uh, the, the trail that I have. Well, that's awesome, man. Just, just you know, a ton of experience, and it's just, you know, as I get to know you more and more, I just see what that's done to you, uh, for you, and then how you're impacting others um, with that, you know, with that knowledge and, and expertise. So, so I also played basketball at Ohio Northern my freshman year. 
Um, I, I was on the JV team. I wasn't really good enough to play, but we were defending national champs at Ohio Northern. Wow, uh, that's awesome. So did you play in high school at all? I did, yeah. Played high school football and basketball, but um, I wasn't really good enough to play college ball, to be honest, Lamar. I, I just hustled. Yeah, um, which I know that doesn't surprise you in the least. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. I, I was I was just like you, man. I wasn't good enough either. I just I just hustled and I, I ended up walking onto the the Davidson College basketball team and um, made the t well. Actually, I got cut the first year. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and, and don't get me wrong, basketball was my life in high school. Like I, I I played a lot, but my goal was to play collegiate basketball and then you know eventually play overseas at some point. And yeah. so got cut my first year um, and it was tough. Oh gosh. I, I, I was on a down spiral. I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't, I didn't go for academics. I, I knew they don't get me wrong. Davidson is a, you know, the rigorous That's studies, right? cool. it's amazing school, but I, I signed up to be a, a biology major. So where you can relate my, my goal was to be a pharmacist and I end up making the team my second year. And then long story short, I got a contract overseas, so that kind of, you know, changed the path uh, or the trajectory of my career. So I ended up playing overseas for a little bit and then came back to the States. But my ultimate goal is to be a pharmacist. I, I wanted to work the long hours <laughs> and, and help a lot of people. <laughs> right, get some varicose veins in the process from staying yeah. up all the time. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, Scott, tell us a little bit, little bit about, you know, what you're doing professionally. I, I know I've, I've heard roamed and I've heard a lot of different um, ventures that you're, you're a part of kind of. Give us some insights on what you're doing professionally. Yeah, a uh, good question. I'll, I'll try to keep it pithy so that we don't lose people uh, having fallen asleep during your podcast here. I, I can get a little bit long in the tooth. Um, but I, I basically have two different sides of my professional career. I have a for-profit side uh, that is my, my InScope Ventures, where I work with uh, a lot of different healthcare companies. My, my number one priority on that side right now is a company called Roamed. Uh, okay. Roamed is a... a international network of concierge and, and direct primary care physicians that are really pioneering the, the next great movement in, in primary care in healthcare here in the U.S. and also abroad. Yeah. Uh, so ha happy to share more with you on, on Roamed. I also have a nonprofit side, uh, an organization that we launched earlier this year in March of 2020 called Launch Tower Health. Yep. Launch Tower Health is designed to make the greater Charlotte region, a very fertile ground for healthcare entrepreneurship yeah. for companies to either start here, or relocate here, but absolutely to uh, have very long, uh, successful careers and, and trajectories here in, in Charlotte. So that's a that's about as short as I can I can make that <laughs> very, a very long answer. No, that was good, and we'll touch base on Rome more here in a minute. But Launch Tower, I, I think it's it's well worth the audience knowing more about Launch Tower as I'm starting to get more involved in it as well. I would love, to, if you can, to give a little bit more insights on, on Launch Tower. Yeah, absolutely. Launch Tower is kind of the, the graduation of, of something I started with a, a good friend and colleague of mine, Kelly Murray, who's down in Florida. Uh, Kelly and I started something called NC Health Innovators back in 2018 and was really designed to kind of unite the, the community and ecosystem because as a healthcare entrepreneur, I just, I wanted to be part of something bigger. And there really wasn't anything that had kind of taken any traction yet in, in that early part of 18. So, uh, you know, what NC Health Innovators was, you know, was kind of that, give people a, a sense of connectedness. And yeah. now Launch Tower Health is kind of the graduation and NC Health Innovators will continue to go on and thrive. We've got almost 400 members yep. that are part of that community. 
And, and Launch Tower Health is really taking those folks who want to be much more involved and engaged, and we give them some activation. All right, so Launch Tower Health is about creating, uh, bringing resources to this community and ecosystem. Those resources can be anything from better access to capital, access to talent, affordable office space, you know, that list goes on, uh, educational resources. And, and the last piece that I think is, is one of the elements we started with NCL Innovators that I think continues to, to flourish here with Launch Tower Health yeah. is the unified voice, right? Just to let the, the community know, and both here locally and uh, abroad, nationally as well, there's really good things happening in the, in the healthcare technology sector yeah. in this part of the country. And if we don't you know, collectively tell those stories over and over again ourselves, nobody from the outside is going to kind of point in and say, hey, you guys, you guys should really start promoting yourselves as a Center for Health Tech Innovation. So that's what Launch Tower Health is really that rising tide, raising all ships and making sure that we're doing a good job of being that unified voice to communicate those successes that we're having that are happening on a, at a very regular basis here in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you summed it up very well. And I think with Launch Tower, just the, the ability to connect uh, healthcare professionals um, and entrepreneurs together is so important because when MedRank uh, was established three years ago, so we pivoted from Organic Clicks, where we were a marketing agency for as a generalist, and then we, we pivoted into be, become a marketing agency for medical uh, professionals. That, that shift was huge because I got involved in NC Health uh, Innovators um, and SOAP and some of these other uh, healthcare organizations. And when I got involved, I, I kept asking, who should I know? And your name came up every single time. So to your point of the, the, the collaboration and the visibility uh, to connect healthcare professionals and entrepreneurs together is so, so important. And I love what you guys are doing uh, with Launch Tower. Um, with Roamed, so Rome, so it is a Charlotte-based company, is that correct? Yes, okay, awesome. So I guess talk, talk to me about how the local community is impacting um, or, or is an asset to this Rome, Rome business. Yeah, absolutely. And actually part of the way that I got plugged into to Rome was uh, they had been a Winston-Salem-based company uh, from their inception back in 2017, and they were looking for a new CEO. And through uh, a couple different connections, they got connected to Holland Chandler, uh, that is here yeah. in Charlotte, and Shannon Hames, who is one of my networking muses. Oh yeah, she's all. Awesome. You guys have a healthcare technology company, and, and you need a new CEO. You ought to talk to Scott Pope, and if he doesn't want to do it, um, he's going to know who who can. Yeah. And uh, you know, long story short, I've I've been at the the helm here since June of nineteen, and we've got a a very long successful path ahead of us with Rome. Uh, so we've we've benefited to your to your point from all that connectivity. Uh, the Unity Roamed is a, a, a member of, of Mito Station as well. So we are uh, part of that community and that physical ecosystem that as difficult as it's been with, with COVID, you know, trying to get as much um, socially distanced and safe FaceTime as we, as we can to, to be part of the community. And that's it's been instrumental in, in being part of this, uh, the Charlotte group is a great place for Rome to be. That's awesome. And so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Rome really is a network of physicians, and it's it's based on membership-based uh, medicine. Is that correct? That's right. So that that membership-based medicine space, you know, goes by a bunch of different names. Um, some people call it concierge medicine. Some call it uh, direct primary care. Some call it private medicine. But yes, we're we're a uh, international network of 
uh, I put that one blanket over top of all of those different names, membership-based medicine practices yeah. that share the same ethos of really disrupting primary care in a way that's focused on removing all the unnecessary stakeholders mm -hmm. and just getting as direct from patient to physician yeah. as, as we possibly can. Um, and that can be a very long-winded answer too, but that, that's probably the easiest, uh, most consumable way to understand that. Yeah. Um, and, and it does differ from, from traditional primary care, but you, you let me know if you want me to go down that path, that can be a. Yeah. 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 So I would love to dig into that part here in a second, but I guess with the way I've, you and I've had conversations about, you know, just the, the independent physician network. So I would love for you to just to describe to the audience of when, let's say if uh, they, they, you know, an individual has a physician here in Charlotte and they go to uh, California, right? And yeah. Rome can be involved in that, you know, ability to help them to still be seen um, and get the information connected across, you know, across states. Can you kind of explain that a little more in depth? Yeah, the, the easiest way to describe that, Omar, is, is actually to use a real life story. So um, one of our practices that's out in San Francisco ha had a patient um, middle part of last year who uh, was a cancer patient, had a central line placed uh, for chemotherapy, and she's traveling for work and happened to be in, in Boston. Okay. And something happened with her central line um, that was, you know, in you know, sticking out of her, her arm. And she called her physician in San Francisco and said, hey, I'm you know, 3,000 miles away. Yeah. And, you know, take a look at this and you're able to see it via FaceTime or whatever telemedicine platform they're using, but he can't manipulate that central line. Yeah. And so he's got a couple options, right? If, if he doesn't belong to Rome, he tells her you have to go to an urgent care or you have to go to an emergency room. Right. Which in the grand scheme, Boston's a pretty good place to go for, for healthcare in general, as is Charlotte here. Um, but in that particular scenario, you really don't want somebody who's getting chemotherapy to go into an environment where hospital coronary infections yep. are a very easy thing to pick up and to have people meddling with a, a catheter that is directly connected to your central venous system is right. just not something you want to have to do. Nope. So fortunately with Rome, what we've set up, and this is a, a great example that touches on a number of different benefits of this, um, the physician in California called the physician in Boston, uh, connected him through you know, the Realms network and said, hey, I've got this patient, she needs to be seen. And that Boston physician treated that patient from San Francisco like she was an established patient of his private practice. Wow. Saw her that same day, it was a 20 minute visit. Her central line was fixed and she was out the door. That is amazing, wow. That yeah, is so pretty awesome. It's that kind of high touch, Lamar, I really refer to, it's that consumerism touch that healthcare is really missing. Yeah. That is something that we've, we just get so accustomed to saying, man, that's a really weird way for things to work. And we go, oh yeah, that's just healthcare. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, right. Because it, outside of healthcare, that, that otherwise isn't a you know, really flashy story, but in the healthcare world, that, that type of dynamic is, is rarely seen. And so Rome helps to connect those physicians who share that same ethos yeah. of patient care is most important. And the insurance companies aren't necessarily something that need to be involved in this. Right. And let's just make sure we're doing the right thing for, you know, the benefit of patient care. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I, and I, and I'm always, you know, I always have a marketing hat on. So when I think about just, you know, you, you know, or patient experience and as it relates to that patient going to from Charlotte to San Francisco, then she's going to leave a good review to that doctor that would potentially never had the opportunity to be a patient. Undoubtedly, uh, she will patient. be a, a patient for life. Right. Um, beyond, a, beyond a shadow of a doubt. We had a, a similar situation, a, a new prostate cancer diagnosis, September of last year in Nashville. Wanted to go to a, a very prestigious academic medical center mm-hmm. for a prostate cancer workup. The physician made the phone call to the, the tertiary referral center on his own. He said, it'll be about a month, but we're happy to see your patient. He got back in touch with me and I reminded him we already have an affiliation there. And yeah. 48 hours later, he had his consult. Um, wow. So we got four weeks off of, of that wait time. And, you know, again, in the best interest of patient care, the, the time really matters. That connectivity really matters. And I, I it's really a, a privilege to get to work with some of these, these physicians yeah. who are, you know, ha- had the ability to make it through med school and kind of looked at the infrastructure around them and said, you know what, I think I'm also going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm going to start my own practice. And uh, it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of intelligence, a lot of uh, perseverance. And there's some of the some of the best physicians you'll ever get the chance to meet. But they're also some of the the best people yeah. that you're ever going to get the chance to meet. And that's it's just it's priceless. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So with membership based medicine, is that the only like so? What are the what's the physician pool within Rome? Is it just you know more concierge based, or is it you know there's all different types of physicians there? Yeah, so we have uh, all different walks. So we've got direct primary care, we've got concierge. Um, and some of what will differentiate those is whether or not they do anything with insurance. Yeah. Right? If they take insurance, if they're willing to file insurance claims on your behalf. And uh, in that direct primary care world is where they've kind of said no insurance involved. Uh, about 30-ish percent of our practices are in that DPC, direct primary care. Okay. And, and the rest are in concierge, but we also have practices uh, that, again, it's such a fascinating environment where you walk into their office and if you go left, you're in their concierge practice. Wow. And if you go in the door on the right, you're in their DPC practice, <laughs> right? So they've, they've created a, a, an environment to really meet you as a consumer, wherever you're at, right. based on what your, your employer situation may be, based on what your healthcare dynamic, your cash flow situation may be. Um, and it's, yeah, so there's, we, we've all different walks in this membership based medicine world. That's awesome. So how, how does a physician, you know, get integrated into this awesome community? Like how, like how does that evolve? Uh, the way we got started. So our, our tagline is that we're the curated physicians network. Okay. So we really got started out of, out of necessity. The physicians built this, uh, from the ground up, uh, because they needed it. Oh, wow. And they basically said, we will recruit the physicians that we feel share our same philosophy and, and, and sentiment around how this, you know, how patient care needs to be delivered. So when I got started, it was a really easy thing for me to do because they just said, here's somebody else, you know, in Toledo, Ohio that needs to be in. Yeah. And there you go. I got, you know, uh, Dr. Murphy Gokula, who's uh, connected concierge care out Toledo, Ohio, who is now part of my network. So you know, those types of referrals are, are the way that uh, physicians historically got in. We yeah. did open that up a little bit uh, late last year and early this year to be a little bit more uh, inclusive. And you know, it wasn't that you had to know somebody to get in. 
And so we've recruited a, a number of additional positions. You know, the COVID pandemic, as terrible as it's been, has actually been a really good spotlight on how consumers want their primary care delivered. So yeah. a lot of these docs have actually done exceptionally well, which has really um, drawn them closer to Rome over the last uh, the last year, as opposed to it being a situation where you know they're they're saying, "Hey, Rome, you're just another vendor to me." Right. Stay away. Right. No time like right now. That I mean, perfect example is that you know that central line patient that went to Boston. You don't want to expose her to a waiting room full of COVID patients. Right because she's got something with her central line that needs to be handled in the office. You know I mean? So COVID has put a spotlight on that membership-based medicine practice as the way that we really want primary care delivered as consumers. And it's also pushed a lot of my, the physicians towards Rome and that network for what we're doing to help their practices grow. That's awesome. So I don't know how much, you know, detail you can provide, but I guess let's say if a physician comes in um, just to understand, you know, Process, the process from A to Z to get them within the Rome community? Like, do they sign up on the website and then the process starts there? Like, how, how does it work? Yeah, so we're, we're very much a, you know, when you think about that, that relationship that you have, you know, if you've got a, if you have a membership-based medicine position, it's, it's really about building that relationship. So yeah. we, I have a, a personal phone conversation with every physician before they join. Really? Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's oh. imperative that we understand that they're cut from the same cloth that all of our other physicians are. Um, Cause the last thing I want is somebody who's in there and, and regrets it and realizes it's not a good fit or, or worse yet, a, a physician sends a patient to them, you know, through our travel reciprocity and the patient tells them, Hey, this was really, right. you, sure that, you know, you sent me to the right place. Um, so we, we do, uh, you know, a significant amount of that kind of social screening. We also do a significant amount of background checks um, okay. on the physicians, make sure they're licensed in the States, that there's no pending uh, litigation or um, regulatory uh, act, action against them uh, from the state boards that they're in which they're practicing. So we do a fair amount of, of screening, but yeah, it's a, you know, there's a simple form on our website that physicians can drop their email name and uh, let me know they're interested. Uh, just roamed.com, R-L-A-M-D.com. And we reach out immediately and, and make sure we get them vetted and on board if they're a good fit. That's awesome. It seems like an easy process and it seems like it's, there's so much value into what they can provide um, to someone that may not even, let's say they're a patient with them, but they're traveling out of, you know, maybe out of the state that they can be a resource uh, for them in another state. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And th there's so many more benefits to, to that realm of membership as well, right? So the, the travel reciprocity, we, we put a blanket, we call it care continuity, right? So those practices get the benefit of care continuity. And we've got members in Canada, we've got members in the UK and Hong Kong. Oh, wow. um, we're, we're expanding some of that international footprint uh, as well. So there's you know that care continuity benefit abroad as well as in the States. We help them with practice profitability. We've got some solutions around supply chain uh, that help them reduce their overhead uh, on all the things that they're doing. We also do a fair amount of uh, internal referrals so they get new patients, help awesome. them drive top line revenue. And then the, the last piece, you know, one of the things that Lamar, these, these practices really sacrifice and the physicians themselves as individuals sacrifice by becoming membership-based medicine practices is that camaraderie, that yeah. connectivity of being part of something larger. Yeah. Um, you know, when they give the Heisman to 
the local health system and say, hey, I'm not part of you. Um, they kind of, you know, put themselves out there on a limb and Rome gives them that connectivity. We've got instant messages campaigns. Um, we do regular webinars where we're all getting together. We just had a, an annual meeting at the end of October. It was wow. a two day event. Unfortunately, we had to do that one virtually just because of COVID. Right. Um, but we do have historically done in-person meetings. So, you know, one of the other uh, kind of mantras we have is we want those practices to be independent, but independent does not need to mean alone. Yeah, that's good. Right. So that, that, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So to that point of referrals, right? Like how do, how do you, like you work with a lot of physicians. What's, yeah. what's their strategy on getting their marketing message out? Like, what does that look like to get new patients? <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it's very interesting. We, I see kind of a dichotomy. There's, you know, people are in, in one of one of two camps. Um, you know, they've they've decided that they're they they know and they're committed to this model, and they step out and they slowly start to pull in some patients. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, some of them are are struggling to get the word out. Some of them are struggling to articulate their message and the value of what it is that you're getting. Yeah. You know, to to pay for this type of thing like you would a YMCA membership or a country club membership or something along those lines. Right. Right. Um, and cause we historically haven't thought about primary care in that light. So, you know, some of them are on that side. Um, and I'll go into that in a little bit more detail later. And then there's another group. Um, and a lot of my physicians in Rome are kind of in this other side where it's not that they need more patients. It's that they need new physicians. Yeah, wow. More, more patients than they know what to do with um, <laughs> because they've just kind of built up their reputation in their community right. and now need more docs to take care of more of the patients. Um, the channels that they've historically used, as you might imagine, are much more non traditional. Yeah. Just given the approach that they've even taken to, to medicine, they do the same on business. You know, a number of them are, are certainly doing the uh, traditional social media pushes, yep. um, newspaper, radio ads, but more of them are, are getting a lot more involved in their communities. Um, and they're doing, you know, kind of educational seminars and events um, cool. at, at local events. And they're, you know, the, the notion of getting a, a flyer in the mail from a physician who's trying to build a relationship with you just is kind of counterproductive, right? Are you trying to build a relationship with me? Right. Did you mail me a letter? About <laughs> right. right. So they're really much more about trying to get more of that FaceTime yeah. and allowing you to get to know them a little bit better and to, to start with that relationship that then it kind of evolves into becoming the, a client, a patient of their, of their business. I've got practices, you know, some of my physicians have gone to such wonderful extremes. Uh, I've got some of them who are on TV shows. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Dr. James Pinckney. Um, is on Chasing the Cure uh, with Ann Corey. Um, oh, wow. He's done a variety of different commercials. Uh, many of my physicians are team docs for professional sports teams. Okay. Um, that, you know, that's a great way for them to establish themselves as opinion leaders in the community yep. and you know, uh, engender themselves to a wide range of people that, you know, who is that, that guy with a stethoscope that keeps checking out you know, the guy on the sidelines? <laughs> right. Oh, Oh, he's a primary care. I can be a patient of his. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's kind of cool. Right. Right. Um, and, but it, it again, starts with that kind of that relationship and that reputation that they're building. 
No, that's awesome. And it's so funny you say that because with like we work with uh, a few DCPs here in Charlotte mm-hmm. and we'll run Google ads and we'll be running Facebook ads. And what you realize is that people are so ingrained into using insurance that we have to blatantly say across the website, across every message, no insurance, no middleman. Like we have to say it. Otherwise, like they will still call in and ask, do you take insurance? <laughs> so, so it's to your point, like it's really the, it's the right messaging across multiple channels, not just online, but offline, right? Like if they're building that reputation in the community and then that reflects, you know, reflects to what their uh, patients are going to see online, that's going to make a better patient experience to turn a, you know, a potential lead into an actual patient in their, their, their practice. So yeah, it's so it's so critical. I couldn't I couldn't state that enough. The message. Yeah, yeah. Part of what our our practices have benefited from is really helping consumers understand the current status quo. Mm-hmm. And, and when people really understand how broken that system is, yeah, it helps them understand better the the complete derivation that these direct primary care practices. Right. So, a couple of the the more important numbers there are. You know, for a traditional primary care practice that is taking insurance and is on our what we call fee for service model, right? Those physicians, those primary care docs, traditionally have to manage between two thousand and three thousand patients wow. on their panel, right? Wow. Yeah. So contrast that with a traditional direct primary care that's somewhere between two hundred and five hundred patients. Yeah. Okay. And so just that alone, you understand the scope and the bandwidth that an individual human being has. Yeah. to be able to take care of patients and the hours they have in a particular day, because they, little hint, they only have 24, just like right. me. Um, <laughs> they, there's only so much they can do. If, if your patient number 3,000, you know, 2,998, yeah. they, they probably can't pick you up out of a, a, you know, if you were at a cocktail party, they couldn't identify that you were one of their patients. Right. There's a relationship there. Right. But if I'm one of 250 patients, or some of my practice, one of my practices in New York has 24 patients because he doesn't want 25, right? <laughs> really? about the, the type of dynamic that you have and that relationship you have with that physician. And again, as a consumer, that, that's really what I want. I want somebody who's truly invested, not just in giving me an antibiotic when I get sick, right? get that too. I want somebody who's going to help keep me healthy so I have fewer of those sinus infections. Right. right. That I have fewer of those cardiac issues as I start to age that, you know, I've done a good job, you know, maintaining my, my body weight so that my knees don't give out. Right. When, right. I, when I'm in my sixties. Right? right. I mean, th- those are the types of things that as consumers, we're to your point, man, we're such on that track of insurance is the right thing to do. I need insurance. I need insurance. And you do need insurance. You absolutely right. need insurance, but for this primary care dynamic, yeah, there's something that, is much more important with building that relationship. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome. And and the words of wisdom, it, it's just amazing to hear kind of how you talk through just the opportunities that our country has, like, right, like, like, and just our future. Uh, because a lot of people still like to the point that I alluded to earlier of just, they're, they're seeing the message and they're still, you know, trying to submit their insurance uh, to some of these DCPs like the, the 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 transition could go definitely go into more membership base where uh it's a more connectivity with you know these doctors 
um, to helping, you know, the patients differently. Um, also giving them affordable rates, yeah. like the membership. I don't think we touched much on that, but the membership plan is meant to be more affordable than, you know, like, like I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like if I go out here and try to get independent insurance somewhere, it's going to cost me an arm and leg because I have three kids and a wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, everything that you said is like right on point with, you know, how I, I, I envision, you know, us working with a lot of these doctors as well, but being able to, you know, give them, cause like for us as a marketing agency, it's about the relationship as well, to your point, and how do we help them succeed, not just online, but with um, relationships and, you know, other, you know, connections like Rome that could, you know, be an asset to their, you know, their visibility and their patient base and the type of relationships they build with other physicians and their patients. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things, Lamar, I've, I've found um, that, that works, is very useful in kind of conveying some of that message. And if, if you find this beneficial, feel free to go, go run with it, but it's, yeah. it's kind of taking healthcare and I do the you know, stories with, with restaurants and how, man, if restaurants worked the way that healthcare did, it would blow your mind. And restaurants probably wouldn't even exist, right? If, yeah. if they operated the way that healthcare does. But think about like car insurance, right? You have a car, you are required to have car insurance. Right. Right. What does your car insurance cover? It covers accidents, yep. right? Does your car insurance cover oil changes? Nope. Of course not. Does it cover gas fill-ups? <laughs> nope. No, of course it doesn't. And, and it's laughable, right? Yeah. And yet we, we've built healthcare insurance that covers the accidents. Yep. It covers the oil changes, right? It covers the annual physicals and it covers the episodic visits. Yeah. And so we, we wonder why it's so expensive and inefficient. And every time there's election, both sides say healthcare reform is on my platform. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Nobody says, hey, car insurance reform is on my platform. <laughs> Nobody says that, right? Right. But so when you think about that, so with, with car insurance, it works well because it covers a very finite set of things. Right. Well, health insurance should do that too. It's the health insurance, the term insurance is designed to cover the what ifs. Right. Health insurance isn't designed to cover the things I know I'm going to consume. It'd be right. like having insurance at Harris Teeter. Right. I know I'm going to order a bunch of food. Right. Well, why do I have an insurance plan for food? Well, that's just, it just doesn't make sense to have insurance for something you know you're going to consume. Exactly. Um, and, and so th there's obviously a lot more detail and nuance to that difference between ins car insurance and health insurance. But understanding that, you know, taking the, those extreme scenarios and separating them from the things I know I'm going to consume, think about how much cheaper the catastrophic insurance could be yeah. if it wasn't taking care of all of the day-to-day -day things that I'm just doing with my primary care doc. Right. I mean, not just the direct expense, but all of the, you know, the, the claims processing and all the, I mean, the, the amount of fat that exists in that side of the healthcare system is, is part of what makes it just so dramatically unaffordable, yeah. um, especially as an entrepreneur out there who's a sole provider for a family of, four or five. Right. Right. No, you're exactly right. So to that point, and this will be my last question for you, Scott. Um, if you're talking to a, a physician or, you know, yeah, I would just say, yeah, let's, let's stick with a physician, right? Like if you're talking to a physician, like what, what's the, like the first thing you would talk to them about as it relates to um, building relationships, um, maybe in a network, um, 
their uh, profitability? And then lastly, any, any marketing advice? Yeah, man, that's, um, that's a good last question, my friend. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think as it relates, and maybe I'll take the, the, you know, the first and the second in the same, maybe in the same swipe, is what people really want, what consumers really want is to understand that their physician is a person and they want them to be authentic. Yeah. Be authentic, be vulnerable, be, be sincere. And, and those historically aren't terms that we attach to physicians. Yeah. Right? We kind of think of them as, you know, on a, a different platform, a different place. We don't think about, hey, you know what I'm doing at, at 10 o'clock today? I'm going to have coffee with my physician. <laughs> right. Wait, physicians have coffee <laughs> with, with right. patients? Right. Yeah. Because, you know, some of that's my mental health. My mental health is... Um, almost, if not more important than my physical health. Yeah, it's a different relationship. And, and yeah, so, you know, just for the physicians to think about that type of dynamic of being more involved in their, in their patients' lives, yeah. um, they have to allow that to happen both ways. Right. Uh, and, and that creates a sense of vulnerability that will keep some physicians out of this. And the ones who are comfortable with that will be outstanding physicians in this membership-based medicine space. You know, as it relates to the profitability side of these practices, again, I think the time it, it is, it's very good timing right now to start one of these practices yeah. because people are looking for that better experience and that relationship with their physicians. Yeah. Um, the, the supply chain world in healthcare has not set itself up to make it really easy for these physicians to go start their own practices. Yeah. And do it all in the most cost-effective way possible. Yeah. It's designed to make a lot of money on them. Right. And, and they're none the wiser in many scenarios. So you really can't get enough um, guidance and expertise around the business side of your healthcare practice. Yeah. As you're getting out of the gate. People who, you know, many of my Rome members have been doing this for 15 or 20 years. Wow. They were pioneers before the word pioneer even started um, <laughs> on this membership-based medicine thing. And they've taken their lumps. And most of them that are out there want to be able to give back to new docs that are jumping into this. So they don't have to go through the same problems um, and struggles that they did. Everything from hiring to, you know, whether you buy or rent, rent your office space to, yeah. you know, do I use Henry Schein, McKesson, Medline, all of them? Do I need a GPO? Do I not need a GPO? Do I need multiple GPO? Like, blah. All I want to do is take care of patients, right? Um, so you really can't get enough um, good guidance and mentors around you to, to get off the ground. But across the board, Lamar, and this will be the last thing I'll say, and I'll, I'll turn it back to you for close. Um, none of the physicians that I work with uh, who are in this membership-based medicine space say, I did it too soon. I, I wish I would have waited longer. Wow, that's good. Across the board, every one of them says, I, I probably could have done it two years sooner. Wow. I probably could have done it five years ago. Um, so they, uh, every one of them feels that they've, they've made a good shift yeah. and they would have done it sooner if they, you know, hindsight was 2020. Yeah. And, and I can imagine with just the, the resources that they, you know, they can learn from who, you know, someone of another physician who's been in their shoes and they can ask those questions. Yes. They may be hesitant to take that next step, but at least they have the right information of someone who's lived it to be able to help them make better decisions. That that's, that's a mentor in itself, right? <laughs> it is. It is. It, and that's the, you know, the nature of so many of these docs, they ran away, away from the bureaucracy of large health systems. 
And so they don't want people telling them what to do. Right. And and Rome, we've taken it, we've acknowledged that dynamic and we don't tell them what to do, but we give them a ton of insight. Yeah. They get to consume and digest and do with what they please. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, if there's any uh, physicians out there that's listening uh, to this episode, uh, please contact Scott. Um, this this man knows what he's talking about. That's all I can say. Um, uh, Scott, so how can people contact you if they if they need need to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so roams.com is our website. My email address is s p o p e at r o a m as in Mary D as in David dot com, and my cell phone number seven zero four nine seven five six five eight nine. Um, okay. Feel free to give me a call, drop me an email, visit our website. Uh, I make myself available at all hours of the day. Man, if they start blowing you up, don't blame it on me. <laughs> hey, I, all the time. I got on some distribution list today, so oh, uh, leave me a voicemail and I'll call you back. Right, right. And and what we'll do is we'll we'll leave uh, Scott's information in the description of this episode. Again, I'm Lamar with MedRank Interactive. This is Scott with Rome. Uh, we, we're so thankful for you to listen to the Healthcare Digital Marketing Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Lamar.